Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show, a weekly podcast where artists and performers go to chat about nothing. Hosted by Canadian singer-songwriter Todd Donald. Matt, thanks for coming over. Thanks uh, for having me. This is um, going to be one of the last interviews that you're going to hear for a little bit. I'm going to be taking a, a bit of time off. I'm very glad to be sitting with, with Matt White, the artistic director, and many other things of uh, Greenlight Arts, which is with... Ha- Karen Lowerson. Lowerson. Yeah. But there's an I. There is an I. Yeah. So it is Lowerson in, in how it's spelt, but right. the I is silent. Yeah. This is the fifth anniversary year. Yep. Of- I want to start this off right by making sure that I tell you that I've been stalking you for... Oh, fun. No, but meaning like <laughs> on the internet, we have this thing called social media. So I was telling you before I interviewed Kieran Myers. That's right. And it was a fantastic interview. It's not available in the coffeehouse crowd yet, but I, he's a swell fella. And that was a great chat we had. And Greenlight Arts is where he was doing a show, a show that he wrote called Touch. That's right. And I've actually chatted on Instagram with Abby Longmire. Okay. Who I would love to have on the show as well. I followed you almost immediately. And anyone who's as involved as you are in, in so many facets, as well as like artistic director. Right. I imagine. And maybe you can stop me from talking by <laughs> explaining what, uh, what does it mean, artistic director? Oi. Um, well, I mean, it's funny because when I started out, I was the artistic producer. And that really confused people because how, why is an artistic producer directing plays? And, uh, and that was in a way to also not pigeonhole labels are labels. An artistic director, for lack of a better way, uh, I, I think positions themselves a bit more creatively in the artistic process of, of producing work. Now, that didn't stop me from directing plays as the artistic producer. Right. Um, an artistic producer tends to not direct any plays right. and is more putting puzzle pieces together. I still do all of that with Karen, but I just felt that changing the title to artistic director would make more sense for for people, right? Um, to they with go, convention. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, you direct a play. That's I understand that. There's that's why you're artistic director. Yeah. Basically, I'm the artistic figurehead of the company. That's not to say that Karen doesn't have artistic input. She she certainly does. She's an amazing sounding board. Yeah. Also, sit. Uh, you know, we we bounce ideas and say, look, are you ready to direct a play yet, or do you want to be in a show, or do you want? Is there a, a story that you are really advocating for? You know, for example, this is the point which we're bringing um, here in the end of March. Um, Karen first brought the show to my attention and said, look, I think this is a really cool piece. Let's, what do, what do you think? And after some back and forth, we were like, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's, uh, let's yeah. make it happen. There is that thing, and I might have written this down. I'm not going to say it perfectly. So it's all good. <laughs> if I did notice that Greenlight Arts is, it stands for something. Mm. There's, um, without putting labels on it, it's, it's a thing where not just... Am I insulting by saying it's not just this? Um, right. There's a theater group, okay? Yep. But then there's a theater group that has a voice. Right. And in your own words, what is the voice of Greenlight Arts? 
Greenlight Arts wants to inspire audiences to see the world a bit differently um, than they might have when they walked into the theater. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not to say that we're not also trying to entertain, make you laugh, make you cry, but it's probably not immediately escapist into a magical dream world. Mm-hmm. Um, I love theater that does that, but it's more focused on trying to get you to see and to challenge what you thought before, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> no one, well, I was being sarcastic <laughs> because in a way it's like, I was, I said this, I was on a podcast or uh, like um, uh, the Why Waterloo podcast and I, I uh, a few months ago, like I didn't close know that. to it. <laughs> I was going to be like, you were on another I know. podcast. <laughs> get out! <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> No, they're wonderful. <laughs> they are great. They're wonderful. But it was funny because I sort of gave the the mandate or whatever. And I was like, right, it's kind of like theater that's like good for you. you know, <laughs> or or theater that where it's like, take your vitamins. Um, and no one wants to take vitamins, right? right. Like, <laughs> um, uh, no one wants, like everyone wants chocolate. And right. <laughs> no one wants to go on that, you know, other thing. What's a, <laughs> if you're a passive audience, we're sorry. Right, you know. No, it's like we're certainly not boring. We we hope to take you on a bit of a roller coaster ride um, of your emotions mm-hmm. and why you know sometimes at the end of a long day, at the end of a long week, when uh, there's so much crap that's going on in different places, you know, when you're sitting there going, do I really want to spend twenty dollars or thirty dollars to go and have my sensibility challenged? Probably not. At the same time. I hope they do, right? Like, I hope that if you then are going to be spending that $20 on one thing that will challenge you that week, that's what I hope. They would come and sit with us in a darkened space or sometimes a perfectly lit space and engage with audiences. Because through no intention of our own, a lot of our work has ended up becoming interactive. Um, I mean, I I actually love that. I I do love the notion of the sort of reawakened relationship between people. I mean, I guess cutting through all of that other stuff, really at the heart of what we're trying to do is two things. One, build community through the work so that if you see a stranger after the show, you might actually go up and say hi to them or not feel so scared. And I guess... Why why were you looking at me? (laughs) So I keep going. I know I'm a tall, wider person. It it doesn't mean you can't say hello. You're not scary. Um, Although when you threaten... (laughs) (laughs) When I said I was talking... Your voice goes loud. No, mine too. And I think the other thing too is the work, and now I'm sort of dovetailing a little bit into the work that we present. So the stuff that we don't generate from the ground up, from Toronto or from other towns, other cities... That has a slightly different mandate. I mean, we hope that it will also do all of those things that I was just rambling on about, but that in addition, that it's something completely, hopefully completely new to audiences so that they can see theater in a slightly different way. I mean, I grew up here in Kitchener. A lot of the work growing up here was fairly traditional, straightforward, like this is a play. This has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the audience is the audience, and the performers are the performers, and never between shall they interact. And I think that's really boring after a while, right? Like sometimes I do want to just go in and not have to participate or something. At the same time, I love 
to show off the art form of theater. So if there's spectacle that, especially the spectacle that's unlocked with the imagination as opposed to $50 million, that's the type of stuff I want to see. When we programmed Layla to come to, to, to Kitchener, Layla transforms the, the space in our minds. You know, right. like it is on a shoestring. And the journey and the engagement with the audience is such a wonderful, genuine, lovely trip that those are the trips that I want to try and facilitate. Yeah. I understand. And, and certainly we live in a world where we're identifying the people that will react to hearing someone trying to help you adopt a bigger perspective of the world and what other people's lives are like. The people that react to it like you and I might compassionately going at the end of a long week of thinking about my own problems and myself. This got me out of my head and, mm -hmm. and thinking my problems by comparison are very small. Uh, I don't want to like, I'm editing right now. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> well, uh, well, I th I'm just, I'm going to jump in for yeah. a second. Cause one of the things that I like to think of it too, is that <clears throat> for example, with coffee, Right. Okay. Um, now you're speaking my language. Right. All right. So we have uh, a variety of different coffees, right? Like not everyone just wants to drink Tim Hortons. Not everyone just wants to have Starbucks. Not everyone wants to go to Smile Tiger or even knows where Smile Tiger is, right? Right. Um, so it's the thing that w I feel that we all complement each other, yeah. right? So we need companies like Drayton that are going to have big budget um, spectacle on a whole other level that we will probably never reach as much as we would maybe love to at some point in time. At the same time, you need, I think, those other, those smaller companies like Empty Space, like Greenlight, like uh, Lost and Found, um, Pat the Dog, the dramaturgical company right. that are, we're all complementing. We're complementary pieces. Yeah. And then, you know, down the road, we have Stratford that is on a whole other level. And you know, to down the road the other way, we have Shaw. And then down the road way, 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 we have Toronto, <laughs> which is just this whole other smorgasbord <laughs> buffet of theater, right? So what I find is it's like, well, what are you in the mood for today? Are you in the mood for Starbucks, Smile Tiger? Are you in the mood for Tim Hortons? Now, I don't know which one is which. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, label us that way. I, um, I do, but I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a sense. It's that thing where it's like, in the same way as like going to the gym or going to a yoga class, my hope at the same time is, is almost kind of like going to a hockey game or going to, um, like that's, that's sort of my, what I grew up on was baseball and, and hockey. How do we then bring some of that into the theatrical world? Yeah. And one of the things that I learned from a, a, a director that I really admire. His name's Graham McLaren. He runs the Abbey Theatre in uh, Ireland. We worked with him in, in one of my past lives in Toronto. And he said, how do we make something like Romeo and Juliet, for example, right. how do we bring the same excitement to Romeo and Juliet that we do to a soccer game or a hockey game, where for a moment, the audience can forget what the possible outcome will be. And so that's one of the things that I'm that I'm that excites me about making the theater that we make is that hopefully it's not as predictable. 
that you're not going to sit there and go, oh, this is the end. Unless it's like a biopic and you know how this is going to end. Right. <laughs> but like that thing of like, who knows what kind of surprise is going to happen here. Yeah. Even if it's just in the middle and you go, oh, no, this is, I, I know what's going to, you know, like we, we end up getting to the ending and it's like, okay, that was inevitable, but I forgot the inevitability. Yeah. It's like you're a, you become a part of the narrative. That's right. When you sit there. Yeah. I don't have a statement, but I, pref- I myself like that. I, when I was when when you were saying when you you had so many comparisons, let's go after the big guns. Let's say like <laughs> you know if you know whether you like Fords or Dodge, my, right? Pay uh, free cars. Uh, if you like <laughs> if you like memes, uh, if you like technology, Apple free phone, please. <laughs> right, product um, placements, emojis. all kinds. <laughs> Look at the things we can make you money for. Yeah. <laughs> I really dig that. And yeah, so without repeating myself, do you feel like you've quantified what GLA? You, you yeah. use that acronym. Greenlight Arts is GLA. Yeah, GLA. Yeah. Sounds like a comic team. Like I a- like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, even, uh, I, I guess the other thing too, to, to really round home or hit home the, do it, what the company is, Karen and I were talking about this, about our name and reflecting back on our name. And the idea of green light is also possibility, right? Green light means go. Forward momentum. And let's go forward. Because it's funny, I I spoke at a, a group called Third Age Learning. And I launched off to say, you may be surprised, but I don't think the world is the best place right now. <laughs> I think right. we can be better. Right. And so, as an optimist, that's what I call as an it. optimist, right? Yeah. Like, I, because I believe we can be better. Yeah. I mean, it's shitty for a lot of people in the world, and yeah. it's shitty for a lot of people who live in Waterloo Region. And so, my tool that I can do is create theater. I felt, and Karen felt, how can we use our skills and our tools to help make the world better in a small, 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 small scale that could then hopefully have a ripple effect so that hopefully someone comes to see a play and feels heard Mm -hmm. and feels acknowledged and then that person goes and does something or feels better in the microcosm right. of it. Being a signal boost is a very noble thing. Totally. I was going to pretend, okay, uh, my, my next question is, uh, <laughs> how did you come up with the name? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, we were, uh, it was funny. Um, my, my original back when I was still in Toronto, um, right out of theater school, I had started riffing on a couple of different company names and, for about three months, we were the, called the Suffering Servants. For uh, two weeks, we were called No More Theater. Actually, for longer than that, uh, No More as in K-N-O, like, like right. No More. Oh, okay. And then at one point in time, we were looking at rocket science, trying to be almost too clever, um, yeah. too cool for school. And then you realize that they all also have really negative connotations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, when you sit there and you're like, trying to write a grant from the perspective of rocket science. Um, You know, like those are hip for like 
you know, a coffee shop yeah. <laughs> going back to the car. Like any one of those could have been a Toronto hip hop label. Totally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that may have been my influence. We like green light arts cause it really is kind of um, positive and it hits home what we're actually trying. It, it is an active embodiment of what we're trying to do. It almost suggests to a potential investor. Right. In, in its own name. <laughs> totally. It's, I mean, we're called green light these projects. <laughs> You show us the green, the cash money, yo. Yeah, hip hop. <laughs> um, saying hip hop is not hip hop slang for anything. I know. I'm just being, yeah, okay. <laughs> I have read on the website, but I love actually engaging you in a conversation telling me what it's all about. Sure. Let's go back in time, maybe, I guess. Let's learn more about. <laughs> White as a, as a person, yeah. That's our going back in time music. Swish, swish, swish. Kirk <laughs> yeah. It sounded like Yoda Autobots. trying to do a t- yeah. trolley sound effect. <laughs> back in time we are. <laughs> okay, so. Traveling we go. When you were a kid, uh, if you recall, what was Once the, in a while I do. Yeah. <laughs> Whether I want to or not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, theater. What was your first contact well the first contact is like most cliched first contact like i think i was seven or eight or nine and played a tree in some sort of thing and and i wasn't hooked by any stretch of the imagination i think what actually was significant was when i was in high school the notion of disappearing into something i really embraced i loved the notion of because so i started out as an actor i just loved not being myself for a couple of hours and exploring these things that I wasn't allowed to do as Matt. Right. One of my like most definable moments was when I was, I did a show in the Sears drama festival uh, towards the end of my high school life. I did a victory lap and I played in Woody Allen's play God. It was amazing because all of a sudden, I was funny. Right. I could make people, I, you know, we, we filled, I went to KCI and we had an auditorium. And, you know, it was like 200 seats that were filled with parents. And to make 200 people laugh was the best drug yeah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you know, and, and you're sitting there going, holy shit really just felt like I cracked open and like right. all this electricity came out. And it just felt like I belonged somewhere. How did you look at um, when you were first doing it? Did you feel like I'm good at this? I'm a natural or or did it take a while for you to build that up? I think I actually felt that I was a natural. But what was interesting was I was also labeled a bit of a deadbeat <laughs> in high school. Um, because that was your pursuit? No, because I, I, I hung out with some folks and we... We got into trouble and we smoked drugs and oh no, dude, that's that's a beat Nick. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but it was funny because um, I actually had teachers come up to me after doing Sears and well, actually, first off, even getting into Sears, it actually took a buddy of mine named Yogesh Chitalia mm-hmm. to go and advocate the director to trust me to be in the show, right? 
because uh, Yogesh believed in me, and I believed that I could put in the work. And finally, the teacher who wasn't sure, because he's like, are you going to show up? What's going to happen? And they trusted. And then I got it. You know, it was funny because that was just, that became the singular thing, because I was like, if I can just memorize my lines <laughs> and right. figure out what I'm doing here, <laughs> I can knock this out of the park. And then I did like and that was sort of the gateway drug so i did that and then um i think they still have them but local the princess cinema uh gives their theater over to uh, high school films um for the charlie awards i had hooked up with a couple of directors and cinematographers and i was in a film that won a bunch of charlie awards that year and it was the combination of the sears drama festival and the charlie awards that then Teachers who I had had earlier in my time, they were like, I thought you were going to end up nowhere. <laughs> and it's just so great. You're, you've got a path. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> it was really sort of a conflicted, like, I'm like, are you supposed to be so honest that you yeah. thought I was going to be nowhere? <laughs> but okay, cool. <laughs> you know, I was a bit of a, like, in addition to all of those other things, I think I was always trying to find my place. I've drifted from friend group to friend group throughout my time. Socially, you're talking Socially, about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, And so, like, I also was the guy who, um, you know, thanks to Jim Morrison and The Doors and The Beatniks and, yeah. you know, through a pocket of time, I challenged everything. My teachers, I mean, like, I got, I got one teacher almost, like, hit me. I got into a pushing thing with another teacher. Right. Like, I was that kid, but it came from a where am I and who am I and trying to figure out who I was. I mean, I terrified my my father because I liked existentialist novels, you know. He's like, oh my God, there's no meaning to that. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, well, you know, what is there? And so then theater helped make me find meaning. That's brilliant. Think of the the things that you just said and how they apply to what I think a good human being is <laughs> like, you know right. what I mean? Like if wonder, wondering who you are is better than thinking, you know, when you don't. Right. And in high school thinking, you know, who you are is basically, you know, there's a model on TV. That's right. And you cut your hair like him and you do this. Whereas, That's whereas right. you face the struggle in high school of going like, who am I? And you, part of your life is figuring that out. That puts you 10 steps ahead of the game. Although back then you probably felt, like an outsider and feeling like an outsider feels bad. Right. But at the same time. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah you're yeah. a drifter also, though. Yeah. So you appreciated everybody. Totally. Well, that's actually a really great point. One of the things that has also been a driving point for me is education and teaching. Right. Even when I was in Toronto, I ran a bunch of different theater programs with different companies in different pockets of Toronto. Because for me, theater education wasn't necessarily about turning someone into an actor. It was about helping them find their voice and helping them find themselves through theater. Whatever way that then helps you on your journey, um, that that's just another way to, to help people. It's also about trying not to judge one another. Yeah. Um, which is hard um, because we might want to, because it's easier to judge us. It's easier to like label someone as X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, because insecurity drives one to either become something more or fall back on the easy thing, which is judging someone else. And I'm, I'm Todd's planning. I might not even be right. I don't think I'm right. <laughs> Never mind. But that's my theory. Do you think that kind of maybe well, connects? Yeah, because the thing is, is especially 
I, I don't know, like every generation probably says, especially now, because when you go back and you read things from the 30s and the 40s, they're going through the same shit. It was just yeah. painted differently, right? So it's almost ever been thus, but it's like this situation where it's like, we have to break out of our silos and be like, look, we may fundamentally disagree on something. We fundamentally agree on what and right. fill in that blank. Like we all want to, hopefully we all want to live and have nice things or mm -hmm. we all want to eat or we all want to find love or not be alone. How do we find those things that connect us and allow ourselves that two hours to talk about the things that don't connect us and find a way to then connect right. through that. As opposed to just dismissing X, Y, Z and say, you're not going to be anywhere near this thing, right? Yeah. Figure out how do we actually get you here so that we can talk about it. Maybe you will not agree at all. Maybe it'll strengthen your opinion of something. But at least entering in to that two hour moment where we can, I mean, that's not everything. Like there's, there are things that I fundamentally disagree on certain things. <laughs> like, like the star Wars prequels, they are bad, right? They are bad. They are, yeah. Okay. It's a fundamental reality. Although the third one has moments. Yeah. The third one does have moments. There, it still is <laughs> Anthony Daniels doing the voices. Yeah. In the <laughs> I, I know people who love the prequels, and I'm just like, this conversation is over. Yeah, I can't. Let's get along. Which <laughs> is totally sort of going against what you just said, in a way. Yeah, I'm, but if, if, there, yeah, if there are any listeners who are like, Char Char Binks was such a great poetic... Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm <laughs> sorry. That so is a line yeah. drawn in the sand. There was that thing, I suppose, of that stigma, just like that pop cultural association when... Like, oh, those are the drama kids. Yeah, the drama nerds. and yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's actually the last connect the dots back to the education. I'm good. When, yeah, you brought it up, and now you, you brought it back. Um, it's great. <laughs> when we first came back to Kitchener, and uh, we started a program, like an after-school free drop-in, we got some funding to run it in a community here in, in uh, the region out of the Kingsdale Community Center. And I'll never forget when, when I went to meet the kids for the first time, it was like a, through a different program that the city of Kitchener runs, a, a fantastic program, a youth drop-in program. And there was like so many kids that were hanging out at Kingsdale and it, they were all in the, in the right age demographic and it was perfect. I'm like, yes, let's get yeah. all of you to come and do some theater. And it was amazing because one of the, the workers for that program, one of the youth workers, um, said something so simple and straightforward to me, but I had forgotten in the 15 or 16 years since I was in high school myself, or longer, probably 20. But she said, you know, a lot of these kids see theater and see acting as being something like the outside, the, yeah. you know, the outsiders do, and they're trying to just fit in. Yeah. And then here you are presenting this thing as something that, that outsiders do. And it was just such a, um, a wake-up call reminder. Why is that? How did that happen? Where did this thing happen where it felt? And, and, and it is. It's true. It's not a, it's not a myth. <laughs> it becomes its own self-almost-fulfilling prophecy of exclusiveness 
And I think that even on a professional level, like theaters become exclusive and that theater is seen as this thing that only a certain echelon of the economy goes to. And it's how do we deconstruct all of that and how do we show that, yeah, you can actually like theater, you can do theater, and you can also do other things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you don't have to be necessarily a rabble rouser or, you know... It can just also be a, a cool way to meet new people and to find new things in that yourself. Is true. Can I say that, the, like, j- jumping ahead, I want to learn more about little little Matt White. Uh, but <laughs> right, speeding ahead. <laughs> now we're uh, what is it in Star Trek or uh, warp. warp speed? Yeah. Warp ahead. <laughs> this might just be an, an alternate dimension of thought, but. Mm. Because I was mentioning before of my year spent involved in the theater when right. when I became obsessed with it and what it, the experience of being involved in it very much like film uh, involves creating a very intense relationship with a group of people mm-hmm. and afterwards you separate mm-hmm. unless you're working with some of the same people on the next thing it's you go from an intense relationship with them to completely separate. The stakes are high and you're very much aware of the moment. And then, then you have to be talented enough to discipline yourself, to remember lines, a dance step and (laughs) not fuck up ever in front of an audience for the run of a play. All of these factors being the kid backstage cueing you to go on and, and set props. Like my stakes are very low, but you're there, you're, you're witnessing it. And these highs and, and strains and, and lulls, and there are these things that when you're involved in it, or whether you're witnessing people involved in it, like yeah, <laughs> it's something that only people involved in that game can understand. Because you're talking about like inclusivity and, and, and whatnot. There's a special tie, though. Totally. There's a reason that that's there, maybe. They're relating to people who can relate to them. Well, the thing is, is like... I think there's something through the through the power of theater. I think that theater is the most human art form because actors, especially for actors, actors have only themselves. And so you have to be willing to take the masks off. Every day we put on armor, right? Like we put on armor to go to work. We put on armor to go to the store. We put on armor to drive in our cars and have to interact with people, right? Like. Yeah. And so theater is actually asking you to take that armor off. Mm. <clears throat> and so there is a certain, there is a certain um, process of going through that and going through that with a bunch of strangers. And especially like when you're in high school, holy shit, there are so many people waiting to stab you in the back, right? Or trip you up or steal that person from you. Or, and you are going through a complex range of emotions and your hormones are all fucked up and all of this shit, right? Good and time. then on top of everything else, we're going to be like, take your armor off. Right. <laughs> like, be vulnerable, <laughs> right? And it's like, holy crap, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, which is why I also feel that when you are a teacher in that sphere or a director, you have a hell of a lot of responsibility to manage those people properly. Mm-hmm. And so when I hear, you know, word, uh, like when, when directors abuse that power, I have no patience for that. Yeah. You know, when, when people are, there are directors who will deliberately manipulate circumstances and situations and take kids' emotions and 
celebrate the fact that they're crying genuinely on stage because yeah. not from any sort of artistic capability. But to feel the power of... But to, well, it becomes a power dynamic, but it also, it's like, no, when that happened to you, bring that back and let's use that emotion because that's authentic and genuine and all of that. And I'm like, no, that's therapy. That's, um, and the last time I checked, you didn't go to school to become a therapist. You're a director. You're manipulating this kid. Shut up. Get out of this space and bring someone in who's actually using the methodology of of theater practice and craft. Mm. And so I think that that is all of it, the intricacies, because A, people don't necessarily trust all of us in the theater because we're going to manipulate you and get you to do all kinds of weird things. And, and because there are people who do that. But also the other thing is that when we're trying to get vulnerable, we don't necessarily, we're not ready for that. Yeah. To your point, when that happens there are certain people who are going to be attracted to it, but also I think there are going to, there are going to be bonds that are connected through that. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that's what ends up happening is that the, the bonds are forged over time in the same way that like bonds are formed with a hockey team, you know, over the course of a period See, of now time. You're losing, man. I don't like sports. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, no, I, I will like- always, <laughs> I will often, I, I will lose Karen when I bring uh, right. the sports analogies in. And I'm like, this is like the ninth inning. And Even this- just being the kid in school that didn't like sports or didn't have any interest in it, that's hard. Uh, no, sorry. You were saying, so the bonds are formed in, in like a hockey team. Yeah, much. I mean, I mean, like with a hockey team, you're not necessarily having to get vulnerable with one another. Um, uh, <laughs> there's, in fact, probably even more armor that happens. But there's a different kind of connection that you'll make because you have to see out of the back of your mind where that player is going so you can yeah. pass them the puck. I mean, you look at Mitch Marner, who's, well, probably being lost on you yeah. and not a sports fan, but you know, he will make things happen where no one else will see it because there's an intuition that he's tapped into, right? right. And I feel that when you see actors who are almost like magicians, that that's that they're operating on this level of intuition right. and as well as having like a almost foolish level of trust. Totally. Oh, it's all about trust, which is why it becomes such a delicate balance when that trust is abused. Right. I have a conflicted relationship with loving Stan the Kubrick's work, right. knowing that he did that to some people. Right. Not to name any Shelley Duvall specifically. <laughs> we all know. It's in the making of. Right. She's like, my hair is falling out. No, it's not. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's weird. But his work is so good. Right. And weird and wonderful. But I don't pride myself on segues, but I feel like things that you were telling me about your experience when you were younger, they service, they go into what you're doing now mm-hmm. and, and the roles that you take now. Going back in your beginnings as at this point, just an actor? Yep. You hadn't done anything else uh, yet. Okay, so to look from your, your life and experience now at those kids. Yeah, at those kids, I, when I was younger, I mean, it was funny because I actually wanted to direct films. That was actually the avenue that I wanted to go even before acting. I blame, uh, no, I don't blame. I, I say that lovingly. <laughs> Paul Strangways was a teacher at KCI who taught a cinema class. That was the first beginning of changing my trajectory, I think, in, right. in the course of my life. All of a sudden, I saw film 
in the way that other people see books. So when you could sit there and deconstruct a novel, we were sitting there and deconstructing film yeah. and looking at the metaphors that people were using and looking at how this was shot in this way. And it all of a sudden opened my eyes and my imagination. See, I'm sorry. I'm looking at you right now like a sports fan looks at <laughs> right. the, the trophies. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, it was... Did we just become best friends? <laughs> Sorry, keep going. No, it was amazing, you know, and and looking at so you know one of those first ones was Apocalypse Now, and yeah, and another example of sorry, sorry, yeah, no, but another example of someone putting people through something. Oh yes, to get to capture it on screen, yeah, so that you're looking at the chef freaking out over right the, the animal. Yeah, that's anyway, right. Yeah, sorry. Heart of Darkness was quite, and that was. Um, we we watched that uh, that documentary, the filming of, and watched how Coppola put uh, Martin Sheen through hell, and yeah, um, how I think Dennis Hopper was hopped up on LSD, <laughs> and you know, it's <laughs> not just a clever real last name, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, you so know, I wasn't adding anything for, to to the to the conversation by saying that. No, but I it's interrupted. That's yeah, all. no, I mean, it's, it's, uh, but it was all part of the education. Yeah. And, and so for me, then getting super excited at how you will manipulate and, and not manipulate people, but manipulate circumstances and take an image and make that symbolic of something. Right. That was suddenly something that I really wanted to explore. So then right. I found myself trying to write a screenplay but like still making trying to write a, a screenplay trying to make a story that could be told through images and dialogue then I connected with someone uh, with that aforementioned Charlie Awards yeah. that person wanted to be the director we we you know we debated back and forth about whose script we should go with we ended up going with his and then I was the the primary performer Yogesh was actually also in it but that was sort of, again, the gateway to seeing acting as the thing that I was going to end up pursuing. Right. But I didn't know anything really, you know, like my, um, my knowledge, because I, I still didn't go to much theater, because to be honest, it bored me. You know, right. I was like, they, the people don't sound like people. A lot of them just sound like... Um, an imagination of how people talk, and right. I and it and I couldn't connect with it in the same way that I connected with movies. Still today, I would probably, if given the choice between going to see a movie and going to see a play, I hate to admit it, but I'd probably go see a movie. Right. There are some plays that I like have to go and see, but for the most part, I think that there are certain things that film does better. Right. And there are certain things that theater does better. And I want to see the theatricality of it. I don't want to see people who are just trying to make a movie on stage. Right. Utilize the fact that we're in a theater. <laughs> like, yeah. don't just go, oh, it's okay. Well, we're all, we're all suspending. That, that worked in 1960 when it was still, you know, when film hadn't quite surpassed us. There were, there were filming guys and dolls. And then they're just, right. we, we moved you into the street. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think now what I really appreciate about theater is when theater does theater the best. Right. And I, and I want to see that. And I want to be there for that. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I'd... so at those points, I'm like, yes, I would rather go and see that play than go see a movie right now. Yeah. But yeah. 
you're self-aware. You have you have standards for of the theater as well as yourself. Right? Oh yeah. And 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 you're what I'm getting is that you're saying you got to a point in your life where you could take that desire and do something that makes this standard literal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside from trying to be too hosty or making jokes, like I definitely admire you for sharing the stories and all the things that that I resonated with as as far as like the trajectory of traveling through life and looking at things. But we're we're different in the sense that like you're talented and I wish I was. (laughs) Um, So let's... uh, Perseverance. Yeah, I don't no, know. I, I'm, I, no, I'm. No, I'm. It's I'm a teasing. fun dig. I, I'm, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> life happens, right? Mm-hmm. And you're on the journey. Now, either something really bad happens to you, or you get stuck in the comparison game. Not like the royal you. Yeah, 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 yeah. It affects how you go about doing the thing that you're trying to do, or it it stops you, or or whatever. So. What are some things that have gotten Matt White down? And hmm. what were the tools that Matt White had to get himself back on, you know, being Superman? <laughs> or Luke Skywalker. Right. Well, I guess I think going back to that thing of like trying not to judge something to being too quick to judge, right. I think started back, 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 back when we Matt was a wee little lad. <laughs> um, um, la 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 la. <laughs> And, uh, and my parents split up. <clears throat> you know, it, it was one of those things where trying to figure out who my father was and trying to look at the complexity of who he was and trying to understand, like, I think I am intrigued at trying to unpack people. I think that if I didn't go into theater, I mean, I mean, I know at one point in time I wanted to be like a therapist or a psychologist yeah. um, and try to deconstruct and unpack people and, and humans to try to help them uh, figure out stuff. To be fair, there was way too much math involved in that. <laughs> they were like, you're going to have to do... See, I didn't know that. <laughs> I've been going about this podcast all wrong. <laughs> they like, you're going to have to go and do this kind of schooling to go and be this. And I was like, I don't want to do that. The thing of trying to keep an open mind. And, and I mean, it's really hard. And like every day you're challenged and, and there's news uh, that comes out. And, you know, but I mean, I think in a way that that's even what we're trying to do with theater, um, with the, the work that we do. I mean, one of the shows that's coming up is a play about women in prison. And trying to understand and destigmatize women in prison, uh, while also balancing trying to create a balancing act with guards and the notion of trying to understand how a guard's perception might might alter. Should I that. even mention that popular show? Yeah, no, we, <laughs> just, we just yeah. like more re- as of recently, there's been a popular show that may or may not be Orange is the an new enemy black. of what you're trying to do with that well i think what we're trying to do is not sensationalize certain stories that that there's um there's fabricate or fabricate i mean all of the stories are inspired by uh the stories in the play are inspired by real stories that we have blended some of the you know like some of the the interactions are certainly fabricated um but are definitely trying to be honest to show the desperation that certain people are in. 
there's a balance. There's an equation, right? Like, like with one plus one equals two. So it's not just that someone that is... <laughs> right, that was really profound. Because right, I hate math, like this, you said. Right, that's, my, that's the extent of my math knowledge. I'm sorry for my interjections, <laughs> Matt. I'm so no, it's sorry. good. It's all good. It's that thing where it's like, someone didn't just go and steal that car because they woke up that day and decided they wanted to steal a car, right? There's right. 20 other things that went into that moment yeah. that could go back 20 years, and so it's about trying to actually look at the minutia of it so that we can actually unpack the person for the complexity that they are. Mm. And we are trapped in this cycle where it just wants to show people as the, at the tip of the iceberg, right? And so when you say, like, what are the challenges? Because, I mean, every day I'm challenged, like, you know, there's, there's like, I will fall into that trap where I'm like, I just want to dismiss that person for this, this, and this. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, there's something that we have to, like, if I'm going to put the money where the mouth is, yeah. <laughs> be like, I got to stop myself and actually be like, okay, so what has actually happened with this person? Right. I think the biggest challenge for me right now is just like, because there are so many things in the world that are trying to get in your way. Like, it's not trying to get in your way. But you sit there and you can be like, not making enough money. I'm not getting enough uh, doors opened. I'm not getting enough. And so then you spiral and you spiral and you start to go like, are what we doing even, does it even matter? Because I look at someone else who's doing something that might not be for the good of the people and they're rolling in everything. <laughs> you know? right. And so then you sit there and you're like, where, how do I train that voice in myself that can say, no, let's keep going. You know, now I have three daughters that's had a huge impact on my life and going like, how do we create a space for them? Like, I mean, it's a constant juggling act. My good dad today, my good dad this minute, <laughs> you, know, versus, right. you know, and so you try to train that other voice because that other voice there's two voices the negative and the positive right the balancing yeah. act the one plus one for every one thing that's positive there's one possibly more negative you know and you just try to keep them in a constant balance this is really wordy i'm sorry no it's <laughs> i it's, hope it's making sense it's fucking humanity right well that's how i see it at least yeah it's it's humanity and it's a it never goes away yeah like it's um, we're afflicted with being human <laughs> yeah like for, for you know people are both like we are we are the we are we have so much in potential in both good and bad yeah. right it's that question of trying to remind ourselves of the good and to surround yeah. ourselves with the people and the things that we like to do you know i mean Part of even moving back to Kitchener, if I'm honest with myself, was that living in Toronto for as long as I was, and as long as we were, Karen was there with me, but Toronto stopped bringing me joy to bring in some Marie Kondo, because I'm a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through a big Con Marie phase right now. It's been a week, and it's been awesome. Nice. Um, right. But like that notion of bringing me joy, like Toronto stopped bringing me joy because there it's so fast it's so full of stuff it's hard to hold on to your sense of self or it was for me yeah and so i found myself 
agreeing to things that were counter contradictory to what I actually believe in. And so it was like, how do we actually pause, walk away from some great jobs and start something that we actually believed in here and live at the pace that we wanted to live at? Yeah. You know, being able to go out into the country, you know, even just for an hour or, you know, go in and remind ourselves how to recalibrate with the sun on snow, <laughs> yeah. you know, take those moments and try to bring those moments when we're super stressed, writing a grant and hoping that someone will believe in us. Well, I really appreciate that because certainly um, doing the podcast that I want to make to justify doing it at all. I have several conversations where people have suggestions of how I could completely change it in order to be successful and have mm-hmm. it be what I do for a living as opposed to... I only naturally am inclined at this moment to make like this show as it is, where people mm-hmm. get naked, for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, as opposed to performing <laughs> uh, and being disingenuous. But when, when I hear people talk about like the virtue of something happening when you did you, <laughs> right. as opposed to uh, the guaranteed formula, whatever that is. Yeah. But let's just say... I, I have so much ground I could cover, and I, the more I hear you talk, the more I, I want to talk to you about. Off the top of my head, there's a website called greenlight-arts.com, mm-hmm. which lets you in on what they're doing, how you can attend things, projects that are always on the go. There's a past. There's a, probably um, a much better Matt White bio on there that I tried to give <laughs> at the top. What I could say to you in person right now is that I used to be interested in you and, and admire you what in what you've done so far. But now I've also met you. So thank you so much for, for sharing yourself. Oh hey man. Thanks for creating the space for me to be able to. We're super fortunate in Kitchener Waterloo to have um C B C yeah um and uh super fortunate to have everything that Craig and Joe and uh and Jackie and uh Kate and all, the whole team there do. And um uh, but it's cool because I've been able to get on a few times with stories that we're with shows that we're doing, and um, the the kids love it because it's right before they go to school, and um, and they stop, they actually stop talking, they stop eating, they stop doing whatever <laughs> they're doing, and they're just like, oh wow, that's dead. That's um, awesome. So uh, I will, when this is uh, published, I will uh, I will look forward to sitting there with them listening to me jabber on <laughs> i'm <laughs> i'm giving like the pompous proud smile of like yeah yeah that's, <laughs> i'm very big time wouldn't that be the ultimate though to be like um somewhere out there in the in the, in the ether this would happen where someone says to their friend holy shit you got involved in a green light arts production yeah holy shit you're on the coffeehouse crowd when yeah like, yeah like, that's the point to get that's to, the dream it? Well, all right there, dreamers. Uh, <laughs> cheers. Let's cheers. I will be back in action at some point, as, as soon as I can. But uh, what a great way to wrap up. Greenlight Arts is spectacular. And uh, Matt White, thank you. Thank you again. You're great. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Todd Donald Show. Starring, produced, and edited by Todd Donald. The piano music in the rap is by J.P. Sunga who you can find at jpsunga.com. The theme music is Mackie Alkino by William Chernoff. Find him at chernoff.band.
And I'm Milo Axelrod, Todd's favorite bar none human voice. And I'm not bragging, he wrote this. If you'd like to hear more of my voice, check out my podcast, Describing a Rock, in which I describe some rocks. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Please support The Todd Donald Show by sharing it with anyone who might enjoy it. Follow and interact with at Todd Donald Show on Twitter and Instagram. And if you feel like going the extra mile on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and review, preferably in its favor. Have a great day, friends. Thank you.